0: We always forget what we're talking about. Must be the wine. I will earn that money back and destroy him. Dude, if your internet's going to be boo-boo this entire time, I'm going to be mad.
1: Howdy, and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. This is episode 102. We've crossed that 100-episode threshold. You should go check out that episode if you haven't seen episode 100 yet we talk about a bunch of random stuff but it's a lot of fun and you'll get some some things and stuff out of it so go check that out i'm here with Bobby as always and Bobby today he just wanted to record he was like yo fool wake up let's record yeah. i got an idea and so here we are eight common facebook ad myths debunked that's the plan today
0: yeah. and and wow. i'm going to i'm going to order new airpods while we're doing the episode so awesome yeah. I'm
1: sure everybody needed to know that you were... They did.
0: Well, there. what I'm most curious about is like, is the Belkin Boost Up Special Edition Wireless Charging Pad worth $60? And I'm going to say no, but I don't know. So anyway. But it's
1: $60 for that and then an additional amount, like it's more expensive to buy the wireless charging headphones.
0: Yeah, it's, 100, it's $199 versus $159. See, these are one of those things like I could I could talk myself into, like this is essential for my business. Like I have to have... like.
1: I don't know about the wireless thing, but I will say that there are few things that derail my day as badly as losing my AirPods. <laughs> yeah. Because I use them so much and wired headphones do not work with a toddler. It's just oh, not. That's a, a, good, point. That's and, a good point. And. Um, a yeah, man, I I like my whole day's ruined. Like, and and I do. I say you're probably like, well, what do you mean when you lose them? Like, Cooper likes to hide my headphones, right? So he will literally take my AirPod case and put it in different places. One time, I almost bought new ones. I couldn't find them for like a week, and then my printer wasn't working, and I opened the paper tray, and he had slid them inside
0: the paper tray. Like, he's very good why, at hiding them. Why do kids want to do that? I, we're going to talk about Facebook ads, but why do kids like to because do that? Because kids are assholes. <laughs>
1: let me let you in (laughs) well like
0: we went to a lake house trip or we went to a a lake house trip we took a lake house trip with my family and my sister's son is is you know two and he he hid my mother-in-law's like brush like he hid a bunch of stuff under a bed we had to search for it for like 30 minutes trying to figure out where the heck the stuff was and it was like in this impossible to reach location underneath the bunk bed and i was like why like what's the motivation here like why would you do that but that makes sense if they're just assholes and they're and they're just like chipmunks like
1: you know storing up for winter like they just like gather things you know like i the other day you know cooper and i made this like fort like a you know out of blankets and stuff And he was being really good. And I was like, man, this has been a good day. Like he's, you know, just in there. He's all being all content. When I went to go clean up the fort, I found, I don't know, like a dozen fruit snack wrappers. And then there's these little things called go-go squeeze. It's like applesauce in a pouch. And there's probably another dozen of those and a bunch of empty juice boxes. So he basically broke (laughs) into the pantry, stole all the applesauce pouches, fruit snacks, and juice hit him away and he just had this pile of garbage. (laughs) I didn't notice, like I totally missed it. Like he was literally just like sneaking him behind my back. And when I, I saw that and was just like, holy crap and so I but they do they just like hoard things so
0: yeah maybe next time we'll do a, the top 10 myths of, about children number 1 would be like children are not nice <laughs> they, <laughs> children
1: children are adorable right Almost. yes <laughs> no okay. yeah. absolutely super, false super yeah. adorable we we uh uh, we need to move on, but we
0: need to talk about Facebook ads we wanted to
1: go we wanted to go do some we wanted to try and get some some energy for the kids yesterday, and uh, it was wicked hot outside. I did not want to go outside, so we played Twister, so it was me and Cooper playing Twister with the baby, just like ramming us, headbutting us, trying to knock us over. Full contact twister. It was intense. So, wow. And kids. Are, so kids are fun. That was pretty adorable. Anyway, moving on. Everybody, we're it's gonna get kids. those nasty grams. Like, ah, oh, you guys aren't on topic. Whatever. You can fast forward. Mm-hmm. Here we are. We're. I. We're. I feel like we're both jacked up on caffeine or something this morning.
0: It's like, I'm actually not at all. I. Um... No, I'm, I'm like really tired. I told you Coral, you know, last thing before we get in is Coral set an alarm for 6:30 AM and I hear it go off and I'm like, okay, she's going to get up. And then it's like four more times the thing goes off. She keeps ends like what she doesn't realize is that she is effectively woken me up and she's not awake. And I'm like, well, okay, this is not fair. You know, but that's marriage. We'll do top 10 things. Uh, about marriage too, and that one, it's fair. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, no, we're not going to do that one because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my life to suck. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. So Eight number one, common myths debunked. So number one, we're going to do one that we hear all the dang time, which is that we say on the sales page for Facebook ads for bloggers that you can use Facebook ads and grow your audience for as little as a dollar per day. Mm. We've had people tell us that we're wrong. And we've had Facebook experts that sell courses tell us that we're wrong. And we're not. That is not true. wrong. So they that is wrong. myth number one, debunked. If a Facebook ad expert tells you that you cannot spend as little as a dollar per day, they are lying to you. Actually, they're probably not lying. They probably just don't know any better. So, Bobby, why don't you break down this little nug for us about how it actually works.
0: Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's about the campaign type. Like you can run, we, man, we've run dollar a day traffic campaigns. You can do those all day long. But when you start to get into conversion campaigns, when you're starting to do like emails, things like that, yeah, it's better to do $5 a day. But if you're like, if you're a beginner blogger and you're like, man, I really want to run some cheap traffic campaigns. I just want to get some traction. I want to get some people going to my, my site, click on my affiliate links, all that kind of stuff. You can, you can totally do that with traffic campaigns. Right.
1: Yeah, and you can do it with a couple of different things. So to break it down, when you jump in ads manager, you have to choose a campaign objective. And the probably the most commonly used objective for a lot of people is going to be conversions, right? Which is going to be where you're getting somebody to take an ap- action. Specifically, it's usually hitting a landing page, entering their, their email and, and opting in for something. The minimum for that kind of campaign is $5 a day. Same for your lead gen campaigns, which are captures. Anything that's capturing information, it's $5 per day minimum. So that's true. And that's where this kind of comment is coming from. But traffic campaigns, engagement campaigns, video views campaigns, reach campaigns, all these other different things, you can do as little as a dollar per day. And it can be super effective. We've run traffic campaigns for a dollar a day. Just last week, we promoted a Instagram post for a dollar per day. Mm -hmm. Um, We promote video for a dollar per day all the time. It's a lot of fun actually to string videos together. So if somebody watches our video, we can then show them like a series of like 10 videos at a dollar per day. It's pretty cool. So you can run ads effectively for as little as a dollar per day. Is that always the best option? No, not always. Even those conversion campaigns, the minimum is $5 per day. I would argue that you really shouldn't spend less than 10.15 per day to get the best results, but you still can get results with five a day. So myth number one ready for another one uh yeah okay number two
0: seasoning the pixel
1: what's that I just, okay
0: this oh. is one this is yeah you pixel. you do all the the pixel stuff like i remember the first time you and i had a conversation about the pixel i was like man this guy is like the freaking mozart of pixels like you went into this long like dissertation so this is going to be one that i think you should talk yeah. about but it's it's funny to hear like seasoning the pixel like it's some kind of food item
1: yeah. <laughs> so the seasoning, the pixel idea is that like, you have to give the pixel all of this data in order for it to perform or that like, you know, if you marinate the thing, it's going to perform better. Like you got to give it some flavor. That's not really how it works. So there's the part that's kind of true with it is that different accounts perform differently, right? And accounts that are in good standing, and have spent a good amount and have gotten results will perform a little bit better because they're going to just they're going to be able to have cheaper ad costs, like cheaper CPMs because they're in good standing because they've had enough conversions, you know, the 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 it's you're going to it's kind of kind of know the algorithm's going to have a better idea of how things works. But this idea of seasoning the pixel is not really true. And and generally what people are saying is like okay, the pixel has more data, so therefore it optimizes better. But where they're really missing the ball is that the way that the pixel works is that the data is collected at the ad set level. Mm. And so you can break the pixel functionality into three parts. You've got the pixel itself, you've got the event code, and then you've got the ad set. And so the pixel is like a giant net right? It's the thing that's capturing all of the data. So that's getting people's information. It's it's getting the the data on who's clicking, who's converting, all of that kind of stuff. The event code is the target, right? And so when you're running a campaign, like you're trying to get email opt-ins and you put lead on the thank you page, you're and you have the pixel on the pages, you're sending traffic to a site and saying, I want them to opt in and hit the lead, the page that has a lead. You're shooting an arrow at that target. The pixel's the net that's capturing all that info. The next part is the ad set. The ad set is where the data is collected. You can actually find this if you go in and read Facebook's materials on how everything works. Facebook has very extensive training materials on how everything works, how best to optimize. It's all there, but people don't read it. Facebook experts and gurus don't read it right? They just repeat the same bullshit that somebody else said in a Facebook group drives me insane. But if you go read it, it talks about how data is collected at the ad set level. And you can see this because when you start an ad and it says that it's in learning mode, right? That's because it's gathering the data. It's trying to figure out how best to optimize and it needs a week or 50 conversions in order to complete that learning process. And you'll also notice every time you create a new ad, it does the same thing. And even when you duplicate an ad, it does the same thing, right? And so this is perfectly illustrated by the fact that if you've got an incredible campaign that's performing really well and you duplicate the campaign, the duplicate doesn't always perform as well because the duplicate doesn't have the data you're starting over, okay? So you know when you duplicate it, you've got a winning image, a winning headline, winning ad copy. You know it's going to perform, the offer's good and all of that. But every time you start a new ad set, Facebook is taking your targeting and it's basically like shooting a shotgun, hoping that it hits people and they convert. And if they don't, it's going to perform poorly. But if they do, now they have information, they can find more people like that. That's why that first 24 hours is so important. So this is one of those things, like if you're duplicating the scale, I'll take an ad that's performing really well and I'll duplicate it three times. And then probably two out of those three will perform really well. One will be a dud. So, but we see this all the time. It's like, I duplicated my ad set and it's not performing as well. That's why it's because you're starting over with the data. So the seizing the pixel thing, yes, your account does store data. Your ads do perform better the longer they run. Your account, the better you're doing, the longer you're running, the less ad rejections you have, the better standing you're in, the better it's going to perform, the cheaper things are going to be. But this idea of seasoning the pixel it's just marketing mumbo jumbo
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and you know i think we saw that too um a while back like my original millennial money man account got shut down and that one was running like this like stupid cheap ads i don't think we were really able to get it back to the exact same level again after that one got shut down we created a new one but i mean it was close you know like but it was just it had so much data on that one it was running for years and then it was like we changed over to another one and it, it you know, it eventually came down, but I don't know if it ever got
1: quite the same. It came down, but we've also had the, the costs have gone
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, we got it instead of doing three and four cents. It's That's like, a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. they both kind of happened at the same time. So it's hard to say what, yeah. um, the moral of the story is like, delete your, <laughs> delete your ads that get rejected after they get rejected. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Next one. You have to laser target mm. to be effective with your ads.
0: Man. Yeah. Actually, that's funny because we, we've, we see that one all the time. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people get, get trapped into when they first start using Facebook ads, because they get into, um, they get into the ad manager and they see all the functionality and they're like, Holy crap. Like you can target, you know, by this, you can target by this and I can drill down to my perfect avatar. You know, these people like create these like highly, highly targeted audiences. And then they run ads. Middle-aged that like-
1: women that like Prada and drink wine <laughs> right. and are interested in yoga. You know, those are the women
0: that I want for my fitness product. And it's like, yeah, you're, this is not going to This go is well. not going to work. And I remember, I, you know, I did that when I first, very, very first started doing Facebook ads and had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to market I think I was trying to like find people for Rolex watches or something. And so I remember I was like looking at like, I was doing all of the income, like super high income stuff and like really trying to get down to like CEO of whatever and likes these kind of products. And the, and the ads never even came close to working uh, because I was probably dealing with like an audience size of like, I don't know, (laughs) like 10,000. I don't even know. It was, it was so small, but yeah, what we see all the time, like, you know, I run ads, traffic campaigns to people, to like audiences of 4 million people and the bigger the audience, a lot of the time, the better the ad performance is going to be because there's more people uh, to, to go, there's more people to test against. So I think that that, and it's the same thing I think with, you know, online and local, like local, we don't even teach really targeting very much at all. Like it's a pretty open set um, targeting where we just do a radius around a city. Um, But you know, the same goes for online. We don't do highly targeted, stuff. We actually find better results just by kind of doing, you know, really wide open targeting. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's more about audience size and letting the algorithm optimize and, and do the heavy lifting for you. The, the algorithm is smarter than you are. And your goal should always be to get to a lookalike audience as soon as possible. And if you don't know what yeah. a lookalike audience is, it means you take a custom audience, you take, hey, I've got this email list or I've got this group of 2000 people that have opted into this ad, you know, and it doesn't even have to be that many. It could be, here's 150 people that have opted into this ad. Go find me the 1% of people in the United States that look the most like this people based on their common interest demographics and that sort of thing. Yeah. Facebook spits out an audience of 2 million people. It starts running and you see your ad costs drop, yeah. right? So you always want to move to a lookalike as soon as you can. But before you have a good custom audience to create a lookalike around, you want to be around one to two million in your audience for best performance. That one to two million person audience is going to give you the best ad costs and the best results because big audiences win. You really don't want to go below a half a million if possible, and you can go up as high. I've done audiences five, six, seven million and had great results with them. So really your goal should be a bigger audience. And if you're going to use a bunch of interests, just Throw them in the pot, put all of those interests together to get that big audience. Now, if you throw a bunch of interests in and then you want to layer it and you're able to do that and still keep it a pretty big audience, then you're good to go. A really, really good example of this is like when I'm targeting, say, like business owners in a particular niche, like online, like say I want to do gym owners or personal train or something like that. You know, the the targeting of job title targeting isn't going to be enough usually. And so what we'll do a lot of times is we'll create a big audience of all of the things people in that genre are going to be interested in. And then we'll layer it with things like small business owner, Facebook page admin, things like that. And now we're still going to have one to 2 million people, but we know, okay, if they're interested in these things and then they have this, then it's going to be good. Right? So we might, we might like, let's say we wanted to reach copywriters. We might, get all of the sales page software, uh, email marketing software, copywriting-based targeting, put all that in there. If it's a big audience. We might then layer that with Facebook page admin, small business owner. Now we have a good size audience. And we know they're likely business owners. They're interested in those things. are so probably copywriters, right? And we can, that's about as specific as you can get, but then you let the offer and the copy do yeah. the work for you, right? That's really what people miss out on is the offer and your copy should be something that attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Yeah. It's a filter. And, yep. It is. It is. And it's the best filter you can
0: use. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, for, just for a real world example, like if you're going to, I'm, I'm considering starting to run a bunch of ads for um, online savings accounts, um, just because they convert really well and they, they pay out pretty well. But I wouldn't try to like, I wouldn't try to target down to whoever the perfect person is for, you know, for a, for an online savings account, because the reality is, there's probably way more people that are interested in getting like 2% on their savings accounts than, you know, just the the Jane from Starbucks that goes to Starbucks all the time. Like there's, you know, everybody wants to make more money with their, with their savings. Right. So, you know, I would do a, a pretty, pretty wide open targeting and maybe send them to a piece of content that's, you know, about online savings accounts and then create a lookalike audience off of that and then start running. You know, I, I would use the content to kind of, filter, use a copy of the image and the content to kind of filter out people and then create a lookalike audience based on that and then run the ads to that. And that would probably be more effective than doing hyper-focused targeting.
1: Or same way, you create a video about the topic, you're Mm -hmm. getting views, you know, 10-second views for a penny you build up a big audience there and then you retarget those people to the offer mm-hmm. because if they watched more than 10 seconds, you know they're interested in the topic because everybody's got like a little, you know, the attention span of a bird and yeah. seconds is the average view time of video on Facebook. So
0: next myth, Facebook ads are bad for business to business. Mm, yeah, this is one more that I think that you deal with, but the reality is that it's not. You know, I think, I think all of the stuff that we're talking about these like very big generalizations. It comes to comes down to like the application of how you use Facebook ads, and this is something before we did the episode. You were talking about how you've been using Facebook ads to do business to business, and it, and I think it's really interesting that people just go like, "eh, things don't work for this" without doing any testing on their own or like any right. any experimentation. So yeah, go ahead, like talk a little bit about how you've been doing the business to business.
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing here is people. They they believe that it's just hard to reach business professionals and those types on Facebook. The reality is everyone has a Facebook account, right? Now I will say, coming from a legal background and, and my original business working with online fit pros, it was very or working as an online fit pro, I worked with a lot of attorneys, doctors, judges, those types and business owners, those kind of things. And it was difficult to target those people on Facebook. It wasn't that they weren't on Facebook, they were just hard to target whereas right. I would get a lot of that through referrals and things like that. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh no, LinkedIn is the professional network and Facebook is the social network and Instagram is the millennial network." Like that's not <laughs> really the case, okay? And so it is hard to target those people on Facebook when you're using interests. But mm-hmm. if you are a business that works with other businesses and you have a customer list and you can take your customer list of a couple hundred people, whatever it may be, and load it as a custom audience and run as a lookalike. Facebook will do the hard work for you. They will find the people that are there and then your copy and your offer will filter it. And then after you start to get results of people opting in or taking that action, you can build a lookalike on that and make it even more effective. So not a whole lot to say on that one. Just you gotta trust. It's not always about targeting. The reality is that interest targeting is nowhere near as effective as leveraging the power of the algorithm and lookalike audiences.
0: Yeah, and it goes back to what you said earlier. Get to a lookalike audience as quickly as you can. Right. Like that, that yeah. comes up over and over and over again. I just wonder how many people have wasted like tons of money trying to do like ridiculous interest targeting. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably kind of, kind of scary. The, the weird thing about Facebook, I feel like they, they make it, I guess it's not weird. It's almost like a casino. Like they make it way too easy for you to waste money sometimes. Like how many people have boosted <laughs> a post? <laughs> like how many people have boosted a post and like, just, just literally burned money. Like they might've just lit, yeah. they should have just lit their money on fire when they, you know, but the flip weird. side of that I would even I could even say
1: no hey that's a myth where people think that it's just like Facebook ads are just going to you're just going to waste money and it's just designed to waste money. Mm-hmm. Facebook ad is not a social media network. Facebook sorry Facebook itself is not a social media network. It is an advertising platform. Yes. And if you think otherwise you aren't paying attention. They make all of their money through advertising revenue. They have one of the most powerful online advertising platforms, one of the most powerful advertising platforms, period, in the world Mm -hmm. right now. And if ads are not working, if people are wasting money on ads, people won't use ads and they don't make money. So every single time, and that's one of those things, Like every time there's a change to the Facebook ad platform and everybody gets mad and there's like this (laughs) upheaval and it's the end of Facebook ads, I always think like two things. One is my first thought is like, hey, great, because people are going to wash out more for me, right? Like there's more space. It's going to be easier for us to compete in a market when people think that it's the end of the world or they're going to stop using it, whatever. Number two, it's okay. How is this benefiting us? Because Facebook makes changes that are going to improve the platform. Even when there's a big algorithm change and everybody freaks out and their ad account maybe tanks for a little while. Once you figure out the algorithm change, performance is better. Okay, performance is better. And I think this is a really good transition into the next myth and you'll see why in a second, which is day parting your ads will save you money. And so if you don't know what day parting is, day parting is either using the settings in Facebook to only run ads at a certain time or doing it manually. Like what I used to do back in the day before they changed the algorithm is I would turn on my ads at 5.30 and they would basically run from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I would get all the leads I needed and then I'd turn them off because I knew people were sitting on the couch on their phone and that was really the high time. That was like the best time to get leads in. Okay, that's day parting. Now there is actual day parting where you can set it up automatically until Facebook you only want to spend on certain days and all that kind of stuff. And people think it saves you money. This could not be further from the truth. It can hurt you, okay? if you The way the algorithm works currently, it is going to perform better if you let it optimize and run and collect data 24 hours a day, seven days a week, okay? So you wanna let it run nonstop. And when you do that, the turning it off and on, you're assuming that you know better than the algorithm. Because the way it works right now is Facebook will actually spend money in the best way possible to help you win bids. And so if you look at your hour by hour spend, you're gonna see there's gonna be times where you have really low spend and then it spikes and goes up and down and up and down because Facebook is looking at it and then basing it based on when the people you're targeting are on and what the competition's like. So if your bid, your offer is not gonna win a bid, they're gonna pull back on the budget and then they're gonna spend more later when you're gonna outbid other people. So. Leaving it on is definitely going to be more effective okay and so so the reason I said that this was a good transition is because the last major algorithm update, which was a couple of years ago at this point, they actually completely overhauled everything and it went from being one of those things where you could turn ads off and on like that, and that worked really well that was the most effective way to do it to where they made it. So you needed to spend all the time. And everybody was like, this is BS. Facebook's just making us have to spend money around the clock. But it actually was a positive thing Mm -hmm. by allowing the data to come in and running it 24 seven. I actually saw a decrease in my ad costs doing that. And it's been that way ever since. So once again, rely on the algorithm, Facebook's smarter than you are, let them do the heavy lifting.
0: All right. Yeah. You know what's interesting, we've had a lot of people cuz one of the questions we get all the time is like, "Hey, do you guys update your course for for major changes that happen?" Yep. It, and we do, of course, but like really in the last year and a half, there maybe, haven't been many. There haven't been like major changes. I mean, people think that these ad platforms just like make these wild drastic changes all the time. We have to realize one, a year and a half in business world is is not a whole lot. Especially when you're talking about major companies like that, that were really, I mean, Facebook relies on their, their ad revenue. So they're not going to just like, you know, do these like massive upheavals of their platform like every three months. And I think people don't realize that. They make very incremental changes usually. Right. Um, and, and it's a little bit different than Google. I feel like Google actually, and this is maybe why some people think this, Google seems to change their algorithm and do some pretty big core updates pretty often. And it changes, it causes like there was one that happened just a couple months ago and people were seeing like 30, 50% drops in traffic and stuff like that. Facebook is, is a little bit more measured in the way that they change things. They'll make little changes inside of the ad manager. Like they just made it look a little bit different the other, or, you know, probably about two weeks ago. Like they do, it's very incremental. So I think that that's just one of those things. It's kind of like a bonus myth, you know, that Facebook changes, like major changes all the time. And it really doesn't happen like that.
1: Yeah. The most recent change inside there was, it was like a font change. <laughs>
0: it was not a big deal. Like, it didn't affect anything. Right. But, you know,
1: we've got an update coming in September going from, you know, the budgeting, you're, you're setting the budget, the ad set level to the campaign level. And like, that is the biggest single change that we've had in two years. And it's really not a huge change. Like we're definitely going to be updating our course and changing some of the videos because there are some things where we talk about, you know, at the ad set level, you need to do this, you set your budget and you need to optimize in this way and that kind of stuff. And we need to change it to campaign, but it's not going to have like a drastic impact on the strategy or how we do things. I just, we just want it to be accurate. So um, yeah, really, really good point. Let's dive into another one. So our next myth is that you cannot run ads that have more than 20% text inside
0: Mm. of the image. So this is a tricky one. People think it just shuts off. Yeah. People think it's just like, it will not run. (laughs)
1: Right. And that's what used to happen, right? Like that's actually what it used to do is if you had more than 20% text in your, uh, if you had more than 20% text in your image, your ad just would not run, right? right? Like it it wouldn't spend anything. The way it works now, it's a sliding scale. If you have more than 20% text in your image, Facebook will take your money. <laughs> <laughs> they, will charge you, you, they will charge you more. Basically, your CPM, right. which is how much it costs for 1,000 people to see your ad, will increase. And so it'll go from 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 CPM. You'll be spending a lot of money. And then eventually, if there's too much text, they will just turn it off. They'll just reject the ad. Right. And it has to do with user experience. Like They don't like want tons of text in the ad. And the other reason is because... People, evil marketers like myself will actually try to say things are not supposed to say in ads in an image because the, the technology can't see, oh, he said a no-no word, you know, <laughs> that you're not supposed to say and, and try and, you know, kind of get through that loophole. So, um, so that's one of the reasons they do it as well. Like it's this whole user experience thing. So big thing is just, you know, there's, if you Google Facebook text tool, or Facebook image text tool. There's actually a tool where you can upload your image and it'll tell you whether you're good, whether you have low medium or high text. And if you have high text, it won't display at all. It'll actually say, okay, this has low text, So it's going to cost you a little bit more, but you're okay. You know, so you can find out it's very easy. All right. So next myth, Bobby, Mm -hmm. investing in page likes is the way to go. (laughs) Don't Don't do that.
0: that. Yeah. You know, it's funny, actually, I thought that this, I thought this question had died like a year ago, because I mean, when we first came, came out with the course, I mean, like we were preaching, like, do not do this. <laughs> and somebody actually asked me the other day, they're like, hey, you know, I want to run Facebook, I want to get more likes for my page, and I'm going to start running a like campaign. And I was like, no, 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 don't do it. And the, real, it, the reality is likes used to be very important. Like back in the old archaic Facebook days, if you were paying for likes, everybody that liked your page was going to see your content, right? These days, they've throttled the organic reach so much. It's crazy. Like, I'll post stuff. I've got 40,000 likes, forty forty-five thousand 45,000 likes or something on the Millennial Money Man Facebook page and it maybe a 1,000 people see it maybe when I post something. So they're, they're not you know, the only thing I think likes, not the only thing. I think one of the things that likes are really good for these days is, is social proof, right? If somebody goes to the millennial money man page and they see 40,000 likes, they're like, Oh, this guy must be pretty popular. The reality is I never paid for any of those likes directly. I ran a ton of traffic campaigns and just organically got likes through that. Now there's some other things you can do to get to entice people to actually like your page. We talk about that in our course, but like For me, I've never run like campaigns and I have a ton of likes, but I've just ran traffic campaigns and I organically got likes. If you look in the description, we'll put a
1: link to a YouTube video that I did all about page likes and actually a really cool strategy you can use to get free page likes that are really high quality. So check that out because there's kind of a ninja trick that you can use. Yeah. So one more thing about page likes before we move on to our next myth, which is our last one, page likes can actually be very useful if you're using paid traffic. So from an organic standpoint, you're only going to hit that two to 3% of your audience with your organic posts, like Bobby said, but you can actually run ads to people that like your page and it is an incredible way to promote new content. So if you were to take a very small budget, $5, $10, whenever you post a new article or a new video or whatever you ha- whatever you have on your facebook page and run it to your page like audience you're going to reach that audience they're already big fans of your work i got a puppy now and you're going to be able to show them that content you're going to get a lot of social proof a lot of click-throughs from your biggest fans it's super helpful and it'll actually help your organic reach so that's what we got to say on page likes and our last myth is that the right hand side ad placement is no good people think that if you put the ads in the right uh, the right sidebar that they're not very effective And it's not that they're not effective. It's they're not used effectively, right? People are using them correctly. So when you choose that placement, first off, it should be an ad that the only placement is the right-hand sidebar so that you can make the image and the text match up and look correct for that placement because it looks very different than the newsfeed. And the next thing is that when you're choosing it, you you should be running your conversion campaign or your traffic campaign. I'm going to recommend traffic campaign on this one and instead of paying for impressions, pay for clicks. This is the big thing that people screw up on because if you're paying for impressions, you're paying for it to be shown and the reality is it's going to have a much smaller click through percentage than newsfeed ads and things and that's where people screw up. But if you only pay for clicks, Facebook is going to display that ad and they're not going to charge you a dime unless somebody clicks through. And so it can be very effective, especially with retargeting and people that already know you where they're seeing that and you're catching their attention. And if they don't click, no big deal. But eventually when they do click, that's when the only time you're paying for for it. So these can be great ads you can have running in the background 24 yep. seven.
0: So anything else? Man, we covered, we covered a lot. Hopefully people stuck so, with us because we, we got, it was a lot, but I mean, it's important. I think that it, it comes down to You know, the big two takeaways that I get from this, get to a lookalike audience as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, That solves a lot of issues. And then it's not that the, the platform doesn't work Right or the you know Facebook ads are dead. It's just that you might not be using them effectively. Like you might not use the right strategy, and then they don't work. Yeah. So I mean, this is something that we see. We just saw this, I think, yesterday in our private coaching group, where somebody wasn't. They weren't able to get clients as quickly as they wanted, or they you know, and so their immediate thought was like, "Hey, is the market saturated? Like maybe maybe Facebook ad uh, Facebook ads as a service isn't a thing anymore, which is is not true. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, when we get frustrated. It's easy to look at like the platform and say like the platform doesn't work or it's easy to look at the market and say that the market's saturated and doesn't work. When in reality, you probably just need to change your strategy. You just need to change the techniques that you're using. You need to look for different resources and, and implement different techniques. So I think that's just kind of like a general thing to do in business. Whenever something's going wrong or if you think like something doesn't work or it's dead or whatever, uh, the reality is you probably just need to look at what you're doing and do, do what you're doing more effectively. So
1: yeah, that was a fun one. Good idea. And uh, maybe eight or nine or whatever it was, was a little overzealous for, <laughs> for nah, that. No, But Come it was on. cool. We went through a lot of stuff. Hopefully you guys learned a lot about Facebook ads. We appreciate you listening to the show. Make sure that you subscribe so you never miss an episode. We've got new episodes of the podcast every Monday coming out at like 7 a.m. or something like that. And, you know, it's great listening on your commute. We've got over 100 episodes. So listen to those back episodes. That stuff is still... You know up-to-date information still actionable and uh you can learn a lot so thank you for listening to the show and we will see you next week you've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with mike yanda and bobby hoyt for more information and the resources mentioned in this episode go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast we out